Ms. Andrews, are you okay? Definitely not. I'm actress Valerie Alleen, and I play Amy Andrews in the new film, The Empty Space. It's okay. Everything's gonna be okay. A violent attack leaves her without her boyfriend, her home, her sense of self. Amy, like so many of us, suffers from mental illness. As she tries to get her life back together, she's haunted by terrifying visions that may or may not be real. Empty space goes beyond the slasher and takes you deep into the void. We hope you join us as our film premieres on streaming. We also hope that not only are you frightened, but you gain some insight into a serious problem that affects so many people, including the filmmakers. I know how it sounds. What if it's real? The Empty Space, a terrifying new vision from director Andrew Hara. Welcome to the podcast. We got another guest episode because no one liked the Dark Alliance episode. William's still gone, but check out the empty space. It's on Tubi. It's perfect for Halloween. And guess what? It's also Hispanic Heritage Month. So now you got to watch all three of them in a row or you hate Hispanics. Um, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. We have a guest, as I said. We have my friend, Gail Lacey. Oh. And me and Gayla Lacey, you might be seeing her in a couple of things coming up, and maybe a couple more. So check, so keep checking out the page and see if I can edit things on time. Today's episode, no. oh, Josh is here too. You can tell because he has headphones on. Uh, also, we're going to have an episode called How Many Times Is Andrew Going to Reference Psych? The answer is a bunch. Because today we're covering holes. <laughs> The let me find out the year. Two thousand three. Thank you. Uh, film directed by Andrew Davis, written by Louis Gazar, based on his book, and starring Shia LaBeouf himself, Sigourney Weaver, the hero of horror, mm-hmm. and John Boyd. And also, like it stars a bunch of people you've probably seen, like Tim Blake Nelson comes up. There's like uh, one of the kids who plays Zero. I've seen him like he was in a bunch of stuff at the time. Um, but yeah, before we go into it, Josh, why don't you tell me what Holes is about? Oh man, it's about so many things. It's <laughs> strangely complicated. It's about a cursed family and the son is sent to a desert prison camp for a crime he didn't commit. But it turns out the camp is connected to his past. Right. Well, not his past, but the past of his generation. His family's, bloodline. yeah, his, his bloodline, yeah. Yeah. We're also, we're, this is a tie-in to Mortal Kombat, whose tagline this time is, it's in the blood, which only I know because nobody else, <laughs> nobody else cares about Mortal Kombat enough to memorize <laughs> the tagline for the game. So, Gayla, as always, our guest picked our episode. So, Gayla, why did you pick Holes? Well, Holes has always been, like, one of those comfort movies for me. Like, it's one that I would always watch back to back to back, and I never understood, like, why I liked it so much. And also, like, when I was younger, I read the book, and I felt like the film adaptation to it was, like, the most true to the book that it could get, but also translated in into the film story uh, world in the most accurate way, I feel. And... Uh, yeah, so I chose it because I just 
Yeah, it's been one of my favorites for a while. And yeah, again, a comfort movie. Cool. Well, and one of the funny things about that, and saying that makes it even funnier, because uh, the only piece of trivia that was like worth mentioning, other than a Sigourney Weaver thing Josh is going to talk about later, um, is that originally <laughs> Richard Kelly, the director of our thousand subscribers special, whenever that happens, Southland Tales, originally was hired to write the script. And so what he did was he said it in like post-apocalyptic America. <laughs> and then now instead of like what they're hunting for is like a hammer that shoots electricity and they, he changed the names and he made it like they, instead of whatever they're accused of, which we'll get into, he like accident, he killed his sister in a mercy killing because she had too much radiation poisoning. And Disney was like, are you insane? No. <laughs> and thankfully, someone, whoever produced Southland Tales said, are you insane? Go ahead. And we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> What, but, what, a, what a Richard Kelly move to, to do that. <laughs> but, and I think, like, I don't know. We can ask Josh what he thought about it, too. But I think, to me, one of the best things was kind of, like, I mean, the stakes are high, but they're never, like, crazy high where, like, you're killing your sister because she has too much radiation poisoning. And so I think that, like, takes out a lot of what makes this movie work for me. If you set it in a post-apocalyptic world and, like, you know, they're they're like yeah, it has to be a little bit low stakes. Yeah, I mean, although, although it is because it's like this. I mean, and obviously, I think the book was written in like the nineties, and then this was like two thousand three. Like the child abduction camp labor camps are like real, but it's like that is a real serious problem now. But it's like it's almost like kind of like this was the precursor to that actual phenomenon. But as like a family friendly kind of kids movie, it's very strange. It's oh, yeah. Well, and I think it's cool because, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, everything that's in this movie could happen to an actual kid, you know? Like, going to a juvenile, a juvenile, like, correction camp, having the guards be kind of shady. But, like, not shady enough where they're, like, really being... Like, they could have gone all the way, you know? And they it's not like sleepers. You're not going to do sleepers. But it's more, it's more, like, in line with kind of how it is. Like, when you have, like, a principal or someone who's just kind of a dick, you know? Like, this is kind of how they act. Yeah, that's right. what I about it was like the absurdity of it but also the realness of going to this strange camp in the middle of nowhere like yeah. it i don't know yeah <laughs> well like they really brought that up like i remember i think i went to an overnight camp a couple of times and it's like it's always weird and i like this isn't a camp it's like a different type of thing <laughs> they, they kind of captured that feel of like you don't really know everyone and you're trying to like get to know everyone but they already have their clicks you know and right. so i think like one of the best things about this movie is it makes, they all feel like kids. They talk like kids. They act like kids. And it, it kind of elevates the material, you know? Yeah. And also, yeah. The, yeah, the casting for it was amazing as well because yeah. it, it, they all fit that, you know, kind of innocent kid. I mean, all of them obviously were juvenile, the part of the juvenile detention facility. Right. But they all kind of... Um, honed their character very well, especially yeah. with Shia LaBeouf, I think. Yeah, and I think there's a scene at the end that I don't want to spoil yet, but we'll get to it, that I think really kind of drives the point home of, like, they're just kids, you know? And um, and I also think, like, yeah, watching this movie, you're kind of seeing the people who are in it. Like, Sigourney Weaver plays the, the warden. The warden, yeah. seen Sigourney Weaver in, like, a villain role, but she does a real good job. But it's kind of like, why is Sigourney Weaver in this kid's movie? <laughs> She's such a good actress, but she elevates that role and makes it more than just kind of like the standard 
bad guy villain, you know? It's also like, it's, it's very funny. Cause, um, you don't, you only see, there's only three adults at this camp. Right. Um, yeah. and I thought that was just like shorthand for like, Oh, they just didn't want to film a bunch of extras, you know? But it's like, oh, no, it really is just three adults running this camp. Of course it was a scam, you know, right, <laughs> like, right. like there's this like, I don't know, it's and, and it's almost like to, to me, it's an interesting setup because obviously it's like you get there and like Sigourney Weaver is like the warden and she's kind of stern. And then John Voight's kind of like her like seedy right hand man. Hmm. Um, John Voight, the best wig I've ever seen and facial yeah, hair. The most wig that's ever, that's ever <laughs> been. It's yeah. very Joe Dirt. But then um, the third guy, um, Tim Blake Nelson, Buster Scruggs, I, I almost like this switch where you think he's the nice one. And then mm-hmm. you kind of realize like, oh, no, he's awful. Like, yeah. you know, like he like he, he's trying to do these like therapy sessions for the kids, but it's just to like bring them down and like insult them kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's it's, the nicest of the bunch, but he kind of sucks still. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like the good cop, but he's still doing like shitty things to them, you know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, when he he like mocks the kid for not being able to read and being like he'll never read, you know. He's too yeah. stupid. It's like Jesus, that's hard. Even in this kids movie, I'm like feeling this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like the other two are like more hardcore. Um, not not necessarily hardcore like uh, discipliners, but with him it was like he was more of a mental torturer, <laughs> like yeah, gotten their feels, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, mind games, yeah. yeah. Mind games, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and I, well, I'm like to kind of give some more details. So like, yeah, they've been they've all been sent to the juvenile detention center, and like they're in the middle of nowhere. And what they have them do is like digging these holes. And they're, they're telling him, like, oh, it's to build character, but they're clearly looking for something. Mm-hmm. And so then we keep flashing back to, like, this, the kind of history of the ranch and the area. And so then it kind of goes, like, it's a pretty intense, like, they're covering, like, a lot of facts. Because, like, you go yeah. back and, like, oh, go ahead, Josh. No, no, it's true. No, it's just, like, because there's, like, there's two different bloodlines you're following with flashbacks to both. And I was like, oh, man, they're really going for it in this movie. Yeah. It's cool. And one, like, the story is, like, there was this uh, guy, and he was African-American, and he's back in that time, and, like, he's selling stuff, and then he kind of kisses one of the the white women, and so they, like, it's against the law, so they kill him, and then she kind of becomes this outlaw. But you find out she's an outlaw first, and what she does is everyone she kills, she gives them a kiss. And it's because, like, of that, because they killed him for kissing her, that now he's she's punishing all these, like, people who kind of took the law into their own hands. She's murdering them. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is intense for a children's movie with Shia LaBeouf, you know? That was that was my favorite, like, one of my favorite parts of that, with that backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, it, at first, when you first watch it, you're just like, how exactly does this correlate? But right. then in the end, like, oh, man, I yeah. loved it so much. And <laughs> what was her, what was her, uh, uh, her, her, Outlaw persona name again. Oh, uh, K- kissing Kate Barlow. Kissing t- Kate Barlow, yeah. Because she she would kill them and then plant like a kiss on their like cheek or whatever, you know. Afterwards, yeah, yeah, with the lipstick. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good well, touch. Like it's kind of interesting because they tie it together without you realizing it. Where the guys obviously also the guys played by Gus from Psych. No, and Dual Hill, like, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to uh, not see Gus as Gus. Um, but 
they have like they show like obviously it's against the law for him to even kiss a woman and then she really doesn't have any power because like once that happens like she's like don't kill him and they're like we don't like you're a woman like who cares Mm -hmm. and then it kind of like they parallel that with the kids where like zero who's shalabelle's friend like he shouldn't really be there and like they don't have real any paperwork for him but he's just kind of there and it's like these are three groups that are easy like they're easily falling through the cracks of society whether it was in the past or whether it's in the present and it like it's an interesting connection between these marginalized people that you don't really like you don't think about it until you kind of get confronted with it you know yeah yeah that, that whole uh, dynamic of just taking advantage of minority or you know kids and then women in like the past and the in the uh, flashback scenes that's what i really liked about it too it resonates with today's issues right well yeah it's like it's like these are such serious current like relevant issues that if you totally like change the tone but it was the same like premise it could be like a thriller you know like it's very like filmed in this way that it's still very lighthearted and like it's still like kids can enjoy it and like adults can enjoy it and stuff and it's like yeah that was a great way to send these messages Mm -hmm. and to like educate people but in a very fun like kind of not but you know fiction way and uh yeah and then plus like with the whole like curse thing and them trying to find uh i don't know if i should trying to find oh you yeah, can the, yeah 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 with, with the, the, cross the barrier spoiler yeah yeah <laughs> i like the treasure box that you know kiss and kate barlow left and yeah it's a it ties in all of those like fantasy fun elements with like real issues which i was just like ah that's real cool, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like magical realism, kind of, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. It's, it's cool. Yeah. And I think it's like, it, it's kind of like the best way to kind of introduce kids to these kind of heavier themes, you know, cause they still kind of, they're, they're still enough fun that it doesn't feel like they're being lectured to, you know? And you kind of, they don't ever really, explain like oh he's being killed because you know he, he's black and the, but like it's implied enough that you kind of get the point across so i feel like if you're a kid you're able to it makes it easier to process or you're not dealing with every heavy theme but enough of it so that you understand it and you also like it's not too heavy that you're like i don't like this because it's too downbeat you know yeah yeah it never like sours the mood even though they are some pretty heavy themes right, right. so but it, and it's still given that kind of weighty heft which like it's just it's a very thin line that they're walking on but i think they managed to do it very well there's also this very like this is one of those things where it's like are these lizards poisonous where they're like oh these like poisonous lizards plague the desert um yeah. and like kind of a constant menace like John Voight like shoots one, you know. It's it's actually pretty graphic. You see, it's like head blown off on the ground. <laughs> but uh, it's like damn, very kids movie. Uh, but they're just like um, like kind of like a real like bearded dragons, and they just like CGI'd a few. And I was like, are they poisonous in real life? It's like not at all. This is just for the movie. They're like, yeah. we need a lizard. It's, yeah, that's why I kind of found like charming about it too. Because like I had bearded dragons when I was younger. Oh, really? Them and then I saw them and they're being uh, like used <laughs> these like poisonous lizards and I'm like that's not them at all. But <laughs> all right, I mean, you do you like. 
but, yeah. but it, that, that is a very little kid thing. You just see a lizard in the desert. You're like, it's evil and poisonous. And like, it'll right. like jump at your face, you know? Yeah, I saw a lizard last night and I freaked out. So if you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> really? What kind of lizard? Huh? I don't know. I was outside. I was too frightened. <laughs> you were too, too frightened. One of those little like two inch ones and you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like little like pink geckos. That yeah. Everywhere. It probably was one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I think those ones are adorable though, so I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Being afraid of them. Yeah. But yeah, and I think like it's filmed really well, like the, the cinematography and like uh just the kind of way you're going through. And really like to me, so going I, it's funny because I think about Shia LaBeouf now and the movies he kind of approaches now, and you forget that like when he started, he was very much playing like the every like every kid, you know, like he was always that kind of avatar for children you know he yeah, was very like because apparently even i was like reading about the production and when they were like looking for the actor to place um stanley yelnats we never said the name which is ridiculous it's a palindrome stanley yelnats um the 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 like director was like oh i want someone who's like a young tom hanks and it's like oh yeah shia labeouf was kind of the everyman like yeah. affable type and then the rest of his life happened, unfortunately, right. but, you know, for for a while, I mean, that's like him in all those Transformers movies. Like, oh, he's just the plucky underdog who's just right, trying to right. make his way in the world, you know? Yeah, like, he was always played like the, oh, he's harmless, you know? Yeah. And so it's funny, like, now he just strictly sticks to, like, oh, he's a psycho roles, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wonder what those, like, kids' movies did to him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> go astray so far from the path but yeah he just had that very boyish look with yeah really worked here and also like i was reading about um like when they were doing like the casting because in the book uh stanley yelnats he like starts off as like a pretty chubby kid and then he gets really skinny but they decided against it just to just to make sure that shia labeouf didn't have to go through this right huge health um, well, and I think that would have been, been too yeah. hard for, to ask a child actor to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, and also there's like, probably some flaws yeah. against it's, that. It's like, do, do the Christian Bale destroy your body for this oh. role thing. I um, would have liked to see the version of Holes that was filmed like Castaway, where they shot like the first half and then they let Shia LaBeouf lose 40 pounds so he's initiated and then they should have been horrified. It would have yeah. been too much. We should, we should, we should state, though, to a very... This is, yeah like a relic of the time is yeah. that you, you don't Turn just get what oh siri went off for a second i gotta edit this thing oh, man. Oh, <laughs> right, <Siri. laughs> um the uh you don't just get shia labeouf acting you get shia labeouf rapping over the credits and that's an important thing to remember is that all kids movies used to end with people rapping over the credits damn it's <laughs> I, I do, I do think like it is funny. The credits, the movie, like I said, it's pretty serious and it's pretty hefty. And then like, end the credits, it ends with like them looking at the camera and smiling. And I was like, that's not the movie that you guys should see. <laughs> I don't want to see Tony. We were like smiling and waving at the camera. They also like, I loved like just because oh, the end, they get the treasure in the end, obviously, and right. thanks to, thanks to the magic of their purity. The lizards yeah. don't attack them for several hours, so they're no. It was because they ate onions. Yeah, and they, they... smelled like. Onions. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, was I not paying attention? Is this kids' movie too smart for me? 
I mean, <laughs> no. maybe I if they had more Transformers, you would have understood more. I know they drink magic peach juice at one point. Yeah, the fermented, like, old jars. Of- and they call it Sploosh, and that name would not play well today. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. But it oh. is like, I remember when we did, when me and Valerie did that, um, that short that's coming out, hopefully soon. Um, there's like a scene where she mentions the Ghostbusters and she has to say like, well, Bustin makes me feel good, which is a line from the song. And she was like, are you sure? <laughs> I want to say this. And I was like, it's a line. I had to like show her a, like a, a quote from Ghostbusters and be like, look, no fear. Please understand. That is not what I, what you this is not what we're talking about. But no, okay, they get the treasure, and then um, it's like AT&T stocks from like 1905, which would be, yeah. you'd be a multimillionaire at least, you know? Yeah. Um, and then at the end, it just shows that all of the kids from the camp just live together on like a big mansion compound. And I was like, oh, what a little kid's idea of like, I'm yeah. a millionaire. All my friends are going to come live at my house, yeah. you know? But I feel like they earned that kind of fun ending. Oh, I know, I love that. Yeah, it's it's yeah, one hundred percent. And like, yeah, it's that balance of like, oh, it's like a kids' movie, and, and then also doing so. Yeah, I think it kind of was very fitting with the overall themes going on in the movie. Even yeah. Though yeah. It it had that 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 kid element was was needed for that good feeling ending. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also like the scene that I want to talk about earlier. There's a scene where. At the very end, one of the kids comes up to Shia LaBeouf and he, like, writes down his mom's number and he says, like, oh, you know, call my mom and tell her, like, I'm sorry. Like, tell her that I said I'm sorry, you know? And it it kind of drives that point home where, like, what really is the point of a juvenile detention center? Like, I mean, I'm against prisons in almost every aspect of them right now, but, like, a children's prison just seems so much more, especially when you realize, like, most kids who commit crimes either like a lot of them it's out of necessity or out of like whatever reason but like it's way easier to rehabilitate a kid than anyone else and it's like so throwing them in a prison and treating them like they are worth saving is kind of like the grossest thing you can do you know and so yeah it's uh it kind of really adds that point and again it's just that little take but it kind of like it says so much and I think it makes it easier for kids to kind of digest some of these heavier themes without really beating you over the head with it. And so I think, I don't know, I just think that, that was a very smart way to kind of approach the idea of what they're doing, you know? Yeah, it, it kind of really drives the point home that they're like, oh yeah, these are kids and they can change pretty quickly because their minds are still in that moldable phase. And I mean, luckily with this movie, they didn't kind of dive into how like messed up the you know the adults in the detention facility could mess up the kids but like they did it as like them were they were all helping each other to kind of grow and like be better um and yeah so that's why i liked about this movie too but it does touch on that issue like hey these are kids and they can get very easily messed up very quickly unlike in adult detention facilities right right yeah and i think i don't know it's such like, because, you know, you've heard about this movie for a while. It's like a kind of a cult classic film, and I had never seen it. And so it's interesting to see, because you kind of automatically understand why it's a cult classic, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like, I also understand why it probably wasn't super popular when it came out, because it's, you don't see a lot of kid dramas. And I think, like, 
It's yeah, like, it's it, almost yeah. it's it's almost like very singular. It's like oh, they weren't really doing this that because like, there's like Disney Channel original movies and stuff, but they're usually a little bit even lighter than even this. You know, right. it's like this this hit this like balance that's very rare, like for like yeah. a kids movie. So it's, yeah, and I'm always a fan of movies where they don't talk down to the kids. You know, where they kind of treat them with the I wouldn't say respect, but it's more like they treat them with that kind of the earned. We understand that you guys will probably get this. We don't have to spoon feed everything to you, you know. Right, exactly. It's a very yeah. Again, with the adult themes, but being said in a in a way that they can understand. But but, but then because it's a kids movie, you also get to have scenes like Sigourney Weaver has rattlesnake venom nail polish that she cuts right. people with to sting them when she's displeased. The end where John Boyd's like hiding, but he's just hiding behind like a tiny oh, like a news, like a tiny newspaper, like it's a yeah. Looney Tunes thing. Yeah. And it turns out he's um his name is Marion Savio of El Paso, Texas. He's like a... El Paso and he's a criminal just like everyone else in El Paso. Find out more if you watch Borderland <laughs> on Tubi.com. Um, but yeah, I think, see, and I, that's what I, like, they never really, like, let you forget that this is, the audience for this is kind of tween kids. And so I think, like, it keeps, it, to me, it seems like it would keep them engaged and also, um, like, kind of be able to work with such a heavy story without sacrificing anything or making it post-apocalyptic, you know? Yeah. Although I I do want to see now the the Holes remake that's set in like the year twenty one seventy seven. Yeah, the bombs like have fallen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always you get Shia LaBeouf again, just yeah. <laughs> current crazy Shia LaBeouf. The one the one that always makes me laugh is like After Earth was originally like a story about a dad and a son who get lost like in the woods and have to survive, and then M Night Shyamalan was like, "What if we make it on another planet?" And kind of don't really change anything else. And I was like, okay. Good job, guys. <laughs> I like when they go the other way. Like, let's make this more complicated. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Holes. Holes, yeah. I think it's good. The only Talking thing is, like, oh, my gosh, there's a scene. And they, so they, they like, Shia LaBeouf and uh, Zero, they escape. And they're kind of, like, climbing over the mountain. And they get on the other mm-hmm. side. And they find, like, this water and the, the green grass and stuff, and they find all these onions. That's where they eat them, which eventually protects them from the, the the lizards. But there's, like, a scene where they wake up, and there's just, like, a million onions that have been eaten. And if that had been me, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I took, like, one bite of the that was it. Like, I'm not eating it. It's gross. Yeah. It's a gross. Well, I mean, they, they explained in it that there, it was a very sweet onion. Like, compared to any other onion, like, it tasted more like an apple than anything. So. It could be the sweetest onion in the world. It's still an onion. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I, would have gotten I mean, I don't it. dislike onions, little onion garnish on like a burger, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate it too much. Yeah, all of those elements were like um, tuned in with like the uh, Kids in Cape Barlow with the peaches mm-hmm. and then, um, oh God, what was his name? African-American guy. I'm forgetting his name. Oh, he Justin had the, yeah. yeah. He du- had the Dual Hill. Uh, Sam. Sam is the same. Oh, name. Man, that's, that's right. right. Dual Hill yeah. is his yeah. actual name. Yeah. Sam is Sam, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he had the onion farm. And that's what they found was Sam's old onion farm on mm-hmm. top of God's Thumb Mountain. Um, and, uh, oh gosh, and what was the name of the, uh, 
the witch that originally cursed the the original Sam Yelnats. Oh, uh, let's see if we can find it. Josh, or, uh, or one of the ancestors of the Sam Yelnats. Let me see. Well, I know Henry Winkler's the dad, and that's not. No, that doesn't help at all. <laughs> By the way, they they do give Henry Lee Winkler. Yeah, Madam Zeroni. And see, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone has like a nickname. Like, there's X Ray. There's Madam Zeroni. And it's also Eartha Kitt. You don't see Eartha Kitt a lot. So I thought that was cool. She was the original Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of really off, like awesome cast members in here. Yeah. For sure. Even Rick Fox shows up to be the most petty. <laughs> The most petty athlete of all time who <laughs> no. to jail for no reason. Jews, <laughs> okay. Yeah, he like, giving away. Yeah, like, he can just it's sign like, a different pair of shoes for charity or whatever the fuck. Yeah, no, I know it's. It's like if this is anyone, if this is easy for anyone, Rick Fox. It's you. Just go get another pair of shoes and sign that pair of shoes. Imagine, like, an athlete is testifying at a child's trial <laughs> to give him, like, a bet to be like, put this kid away. Yeah. And then at the end, they, like, because then, Hen- it's also funny because they keep cutting back to Henry Winkler, who plays a dad, and he's, like, trying to figure out a recipe so that shoes don't stink. And, um, and then at the end, they, like, figure out the recipe, and so they hire Rick Fox to be the spokesperson. I was like, I wouldn't hire him. I would hire no, anyone else. Put away your kid. <laughs> this weird scam fucking camp in the middle of nowhere. You know, yeah. like what? I don't know. Yeah, that part I was always a little confused. Can, can we also say too? Well, tell the it Stanley was a fan of Rick Fox. He had like the poster, right. so it's like okay, he 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 reconnected with his childhood hero, but uh. The, the 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 name they come up with for it is Sploosh as well. That's the name they use for the oh, like yeah. chemical that they so. really they really dove all into. They, they, they went all in on Sploosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The ingredient was peaches and onions. Yes. Apparently, this is a very fruit oriented movie. Is is what we're learning. Uh, also, I don't know if you guys stayed after the credits. There is a brief after the credit scene. Really. Um, what was it's, it? It's just the um, it's just zero being like, watch out for the curse of Madame Zeroni or something, you know, something like that. So it's just like a little nice thing. So that's cool. Yeah, it's like remember when after the credit scenes were charming instead of an exhausting obligation. Of, to... Yeah, an obligation you have to, <laughs> to understand the next three other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right. I guess I'll learn about Thor's grandfather. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, it was good. It had it had music too by not just Shia LaBeouf rapping by Beck and Shaggy, another um, artifact of the early two thousands. Shaggy, yeah, we, love, we love talking about the artists that are on our soundtrack of this audio podcast, but you don't hear the movie. At all. Well, I, I assume you'd get the rights to the Shaggy song and play it over the end of this. Also, Shaggy. I know. It does Shaggy. not me whatsoever. You know what? They just they just do whatever. They were they, throwing it out there. Yeah. It's, it's back in the time where they would be like, these artists are on the soundtrack, and they're like, you hear it for half a second at the middle. It, of yeah, the- they play 10 seconds of <laughs> it in the background, yeah. Yeah, the it's the Batman Forever effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so Zero was like Madame Zeroni's ancestor. And what right. was the... Yeah, so why the curse was 
uh, lifted was whenever they were up there on the mountain with the onions, and he just happened to sing the one song that Madame Zeroni said that uh, his ancestor had to sing to her to bring her up the mountain. But see, and but and that's the funny thing is that there's like because there's a scene where he explains that him and uh, Shia LaBeouf are more connected because he stole the shoes and threw them and hit Shia LaBeouf in the head, and that's why Shia LaBeouf got accused of it. Right. And so then Charlotte Buff kind of makes a mention that like, oh, it's fate. And so I kind of took it like him singing the song and then finding the audience. Like that was all kind of playing into the fact that them getting together is really what lifted the curse. And so it was a kind of like because they knew how to like work with each other that they were able to like solve all the riddles of like where the treasure was, how to actually like how to sing the song, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like destiny in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I didn't mind that. That was that was good to me. I like that. It's all cool. Then at the end, they like end up living next to each other, and they're like, "That's really like the end of it." Like they, because the whole thing is about how they they like looked at others as if they weren't fit to be in the town, and so at the end, having them live together like the ancestors, proving the the old ancestor people wrong, mm-hmm. kind of really, like it's a great way to kind of sink it all together, you know? Yeah, kind of righting the wrongs of the past. That's kind of like the whole. One of the main themes of the movie, which I really, really liked. Um, oh God, I was going to say something, but then it immediately left my brain. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'll come back. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think, and it's also like, I don't know, there's so many ways that this could have gone wrong, but it really works. And I, I do love any movie where they're like, we have like the mom role, but then they could have like gotten anyone because it's not that big a role, but they got the the girl, the Edgar girl from Men in Black, who just kind of like elevates. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. they didn't need Eartha Kitt, they didn't need Patricia Arquette, but they got these actors because it kind of like it, it gives a little bit more weight to even the side characters, and I think that that really helps make yeah. the movie better. You know, yeah, they're all very distinct. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I really like. And also, like, uh, oh yeah, I was gonna mention like Zero's backstory with him like losing his mom and then. The end, right. like they're finally able to find him because he's able to hire a private investigator. That would make me a little emotional, man. <laughs> yeah, the, the money oh, really did solve all their problems. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's like another like real life issue that they kind of touched on that was more modernized. It's like, oh yeah, they were homeless and like he just got separated from right. his mom. Right. right. Yeah, so it was just, that was just another kind of element where I'm like, man. These are like real issues being yeah. dealt upon. Yeah. Like they really got that balancing act down of like the feel good stuff and like the real heavy hitting stuff. And yeah, I keep on repeating that, but that, that's just what I love about this movie. And it's like kind of, yeah, it's just the what I completely got away from this film was just how good that balance was. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, again, I think to me that's the most impressive part about this is how it's able to handle so many themes, so many different, like, hard-hitting kind of topics, but you never really lose track of what the movie is doing mm-hmm. and how it's not trying to, like, make you leave super sad, but it is trying to tell this story about important things. And so, yeah, that's a tough thing to do, and they did it pretty well, you know? Yeah, and also, like, all of those elements were in the book as well, and they just managed to, yeah, again, translate that in such a 
good way that could be translated into the film. Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be difficult, yeah. So is there, it's funny because usually like whenever someone says like, oh, this is like a kid's movie, but it has stuff for adults. I think of something like Shrek where it's just a kid's movie where they like reference the Matrix and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, this is actually like a kid's movie that an adult could yeah. like, you know, kind of like get get something out of it. You know, not just like right, right. one off jokes and stuff. So that's was, was good. It's very, very distinct. I almost yeah. want to like find other movies like it just because it's such a rarity to be like oh is you know like has any movie come out since that kind of it all comes together like that and i can't think of anything off the top of my head so yeah well and i think like it kind of reminds me of another film we reviewed was raising victor vargas where i think putting it through the lens of the kids you kind of it keeps it at their level without like having to dumb it down because you're kind of kind of like victor vargas you're like you can tell that they want to be more grown, but since they're not, they like they treat everything kind of like how kids would. And so that keeps it grounded in a way that you understand that it's from the kid's point of view. Like one of the biggest things is at one point they still John Voight's like sunflower seeds and then they're trying to hide them and stuff. And it's like, it, that's such a little kid thing to steal something that's easily noticeable. <laughs> Just like in his car that he's eating. Why would you steal these sunflower seeds? But like, I can understand why a, a kid would, you know. It's also it, that is funny because it made me think it's like, man, if I was digging holes for hours, like, do you want sunflower seeds? No, I don't. That's <laughs> it's like the driest possible snack. Driest, <laughs> salty, yeah. salt, salty, hardest thing to eat, and it's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I also just, yeah, I don't know if you guys caught this. This isn't any like Cinemasins ding style bullshit, um, but. Um, they would totally cut to like Shia LaBeouf digging to show like how hard it was that they didn't like, Oh, it's like, they don't even give him gloves, but then he would have gloves and like the very next like cut and then he would be back to no gloves. It's like, oh, right. I bet that's because you would really fuck up your hands if you filmed that much digging without gloves. Right. So like, just give them gloves, you know, yeah. it's, we, we don't want these like kids getting their hands mangled. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So oh, definitely a Shia or a cinema sin style. Thing and never bring that up again. I know, I'm saying. I, I denigrate that kind of thing. You can't denigrate it and then say it. But I did notice it, and I was like, that's kind of funny, but I see exactly why they did it. You know? Yeah, well, yeah, and it's that kind of thing where you kind of have to... Like, I mean, every time they dig a hole, it's like six feet deep, and it's like, how oh, these kids... You know, hard enough <laughs> to dig a hole? You'll find out if you watch the last ones over here. We dug three graves, and it took a long time, and I was like... We're three feet in. That's good enough. And we put <laughs> it's like the camera angle works to make this look deeper. Yeah, yeah, no, it's super hard. Things. Yeah, and I mean, what was it again? It was like five foot by six foot. Yeah, was that what they had to do. Like it was big. Yeah. And yeah. and for a while, because he's teaching Zero to read, Zero is digging his hole. So it's like, how is this tiny child digging two large holes every day? Every day. Oh. It would be like the next day all those kids would just be passed out because they wouldn't be able to move. <laughs> but yeah. But I mean, it's, a, it's those things. You kind of have to like let it go. Yeah, it's all magical realism. I, I, I like it. You know, I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a good movie. I think it's fun. I think it's definitely worth watching, especially if you have kids or you or if you are a kid. I don't know what our audience is. 
I don't know. Like, I would still watch it. Like, yeah. I'm an adult, technically, so I guess yeah. anyone. Right. <laughs> to the 10-year-old watching our Unhinged review, go watch the whole system. It's been here for our... Uh... <laughs> Where that that movie what oh uh what's that movie Josh where Javier Bardem plays a rapist Mexican cartel guy oh uh Pertita Tarengo yeah Good. and then now you're at holes so welcome <laughs> welcome child um, yeah no but it's a fun movie I think it was yeah I think it's anyone could watch it the audience isn't really just kids but I think especially for kids it's a pretty cool movie to watch and it kind of especially now it's super relevant especially like I mean. Everyone ha- everyone's different is like one of the most basic lessons, but I also think it's an important one. And I think this one does it particularly well. So I think it's definitely worth watching, especially if you have kids or if you know kids. And, and despite being made in 2003, yeah. it, um, it escaped the shadow of 9-11. So. Yeah. Yeah, two years afterwards. Who would have thought? <laughs> this is our anniversary. Well... Thank you, Gayla, for stopping by. Next time, we're going to pick a movie for you to watch. Alrighty then. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, thank you, Josh, for giving us Cinema Sin style critiques. We could not expect anything less. From a- <laughs> um, but we'll see you guys next time. I, I was on- doing it ironically. <laughs> thank you, guys, for joining us. And we'll see you next time on The Bomb Squad. Bye.